This is Hemant. And Jessica. And we're here for the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Thanks for listening. I didn't know we were starting. You sprung it on me. You want to start? No, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, thanks for listening. We're, we're working on some new stuff, but for today anyway, if you want to donate, uh, patreon.com slash and Right up front with that. Right up front with that. <laughs> and we have a bunch of stories in the news we want to get through before it gets too late tonight. Yeah. So, uh, you want to give it a start? Yeah, sure. I'm kind of digging our new uh, our new late night podcasting sesh. I know. I'm th- I'm very sleepy on Fridays, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's so Thursday. It is. Th- it's Thursday <laughs> evening. I feel like we always need to timestamp these, right? We do. Like, so it's, it's Thursday, Thursday night. Like ten, so tenish, nine-ish. Uh, war has not been declared yet. Yeah. Oh, God knows. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dumb anecdote. When uh, we declared war in 20, 2002 or whenever on Iraq, or on whatever, Iraq yeah. I was in a pr- high school production of Footloose and I came out and we had declared war. And I was like, <laughs> that was not a valuable use of my time. <laughs> I was like 16 or 17. Uh, don't worry, we won't have arts after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Install Central. Anyway, <laughs> so. Um, I actually did research this what? week. Usually it's Hemant who does all of the legwork because this is his <laughs> full-time job. And I have a big girl job where I have to wear a blazer and heels every day. <laughs> Look at you. I know. But <laughs> a lot of stuff came up that I uh, I decided to put together. I did a really organized outline. I, I'm looking at the pages. There's a lot of writing on them. I don't know what they say yet. It's so mostly copy-pasted from articles I Excellent. read. Okay, let's okay. go. What What's so, in the news? Number one. <clears throat> Apparently, so have you heard of the uh, Reddit subreddit nope subreddit subreddit uh red pill let's talk about the story okay so (laughs) red pill for those of you so and i'm not a reddit person because i'm a human female and i don't feel welcome in those corners of the internet i'm a reddit person but i i don't use the red pill because i'm a nice human person so the red pill which is a reference to the matrix something something rabbit hole something something reality and it's essentially just men either feeling sorry for themselves about it's like an anti it's a pro men anti feminist men's rights men's rights like an mra garbage i think in the matrix if you eat, i don't watch movies if you eat the red pill then you could see reality you don't eat a pill you take a pill you take a pill talk if you, like a human sorry, for once i had a sip of wine <laughs> oh yeah we have wine tonight i decided <laughs> i couldn't do more mike's hard lemonade so there i brought i brought wine with me um so yeah the red pill in the matrix if you take the red pill then mm-hmm. you can like really see the world as it is yeah. and so this subreddit is all Seen, it's just, it's a pile of fucking garbage. Anyway, turns out, funny enough, I'm not going to yell tonight because you have a baby asleep. <laughs> Funnily enough, the gentleman who started that in 2012 is presently a lawmaker. He is um, a representative, a Republican. I don't know, should I specify? He is a Republican in <laughs> New Hampshire. Is up. It's either Bell Knap, Belknap or Belknap, B-E-L-K-N-A-P. I don't know if that case is silent. Oh, I am not um, sure. I am not familiar with the Northeast. Uh, County District 9. His name is Robert Fisher. Hashtag white guy name. <laughs> He's 31 years old, like myself. So uh, this guy is known on Reddit by his handle, uh, PK underscore atheist. Um, PK stands for preacher's kid. And Which is the story of a lot of atheists. Yes. You know, they grew up in these really religious households, uh-huh. then they leave. 
And like this whole thing makes me want to know true Scotsman the shit out of this guy. Cause like, <laughs> dude, can you not drag the atheist name through the mud? Like we're, we're on struggle street as it is. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could say he was a loner in that sense, right. but he's not. So, um, this has recently come to light. The daily beast did a, um, a really in-depth report about just this garbage humans, garbage past. Um, so he owns a computer repair franchise in addition to, God, I didn't write down. I assume he's a representative or a state. Uh, he's I, a representative. He's a representative. Yeah. I'm good at research. So <laughs> um, so the community is present. presently has 200,000 subscribers, and it is, quote, a discussion of sexual strategy in a culture increasingly lacking a positive identity for men. So what's interesting to me, from what I know about the red pill, because it's not one of the ones I subscribe to. No? No, I oh. know. But yeah, they do pick up artist things. Like they don't like yeah. women. They think women have it too easy. Sure. They think men have it worse, mm-hmm. which I Obviously. don't even know if that's debatable, but okay. But okay. Uh, so they, in theory, they mm-hmm. would be talking about like custody cases and women have it uh, an easier time, mm-hmm. which, okay, that, that seems like an argument I would like to hear. Mm-hmm. But what it comes down to is, yeah, women have it too easy. Um, it's become known as a haven for misogynists yes. online. And by the way, they also trade secrets on how to pick up women because, like, they hate women, mm-hmm. but they love women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, but whatever. Well, they think it's, they're owed sex or yes. attention or a housewife or whatever. This they is, think it's their right as a man to you know, snap their fingers and have women fall prone at their feet. <laughs> this is the subreddit that had uh, Milo Yiannopoulos from Breitbart do an AMA because he's their people. Like, he's one of their gods, more or less. I love that that guy just got disowned by the left and the right because he's yeah. just, like, such a prick. Nobody wants to claim <laughs> him anymore. And the statements he's made, because I, I covered this, too, the statements this guy has made... Not just like Fisher, not just like 10 years ago, whenever, because you could easily say, look, I know I'm only 31, but you know, this is something I was rebellious. I was stupid, whatever. I was a kid. I did this in the past. I'm a representative now. And I understand that how immature I was. If he had said that, I don't know that I would forgive anything, but it's like, okay, I'll give you a second chance here. I'll listen to what you have to say. And to be fair, it's not, as far as I know, he is not like, sponsored or voted for legislation that is explicitly anti-women for that purpose. Like, it's not like everything they talk about in uh, the red pill is stuff he's writing legislation on. Is active or even necessarily at this point, necessarily co-signed by him because he's, he's stepped down as control. That being said, I do have a list of nine quotes that he said. Oh my God. Let's go. What has he said? And also I really want to, I really want to say, okay, so you said he created in 2012, um, and he's 31 now as years ago. Yeah, yeah. I will say 2012 is when I started writing for the friendly atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm his same age. So like we were the same age when we both started our respective online presences. Yeah. And, um, I'm not enough of a narcissist that I go back and like read the shit I used to write. But I can't think off the top of the dome anything that I'm like, oh, I was young and naive. Like, ma- like, <laughs> like you were I... 27 or whatever. Right, right, right. right. You it's not weren't... like I was 16. <laughs> yeah. Like, go back and read my live journal from high school. Sure. Okay, that I'm going to disown. Yeah, you, that's what I'm saying. You, maybe you give it a second chance, maybe not. This guy was an adult. I mean, when he, he was, was doing adult. all this stuff. By the way, you, we said he's a Republican, and he is. Mm-hmm. He ran in 2014 for the first time and won the race as a Republican. Mm -hmm. But in 2012, he also ran for the same seat as a Democrat. 
and when lost. he was young and naive and didn't know any better, uh-huh. he was running to run a state. What I haven't figured out yet is why he made that switch to Republican. I don't know if there's any mm. connection between. Sorry, I was clinging on how young he was. He yeah. ran as a Democrat. <laughs> he ran as a Democrat in 2012. I don't know what prompted the switch to Republican. White guy's going to white guy. 2014 ran around, came around. <laughs> I don't know if the red pill had something to do with that or that that mindset had something to yeah, do with could that. Be. But uh, one thing I want to point out, and then I really want to hear some of these quotations. Yeah. We've posted in the past about another Republican atheist. There's only two that I can think of off the top of my head who are state or federal Mm -hmm. elected officials who are like openly atheist now. Mm -hmm. They're both in New Hampshire. They're both in the House. It's this guy, Robert Fisher, and one other guy, Brandon Finney. And Brandon is someone I've actually had a few conversations with ever since I learned about this. And you said he's a Republican as well? He's a Republican as well. And what I asked him is, I'm like, how do you justify this? Because the Republican Party, as far as we know, these are not people that support church-state separation, not Mm -hmm. the modern Republican Party. You can be a conservative. I can can square that one. Mm -hmm. But how do you support this party? And what he basically told me is... He's more or less a libertarian. He supports conservative values, and the part the Republican Party is the closest to that. Whatever. He is not like a social conservative Republican. So I don't necessarily agree with all those views, but he didn't strike me as one of those dogmatic, mm-hmm. I support everything the Republican Party it's does type of, of guys. I don't even know if I would go that <laughs> far, but he's a guy I'm like, okay, I kind of get where you're coming from. Sure. And when I heard about Robert Fisher, mm-hmm. also a Republican atheist, who, mm-hmm. uh, okay, I asked Brandon, I'm like, so what do you have to say about this guy? He's a colleague. He's a guy you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, since you're out as an atheist, I presume maybe you guys even know. Maybe you've talked about that. Right. Um, I haven't heard back yet. Oh. Anyway. So what has Robert Fisher said? Well, Hammond, I'm glad you asked. Um, I have... A few. Th- I'm not going to read them all because it's a roughly 500 words, and nobody needs that. Um, I will. S- so I just kind of did a list of. Yeah. Uh, he has said the following: uh, "Re women um, that they have. We excuse me. We have subpar intelligence. Which you know what? Fair. Because <laughs> I did all this research, and you still know more about this guy than I do. I, so I did research fair. too for the article, but that's ridiculous. Now this one I think really is going to ring true to to our listeners that our personalities are lackluster, boring and serve little purpose in day-to-day life. And if I had to use one word to describe me, it would definitely be lackluster <laughs> and like just melancholy and <laughs> just bland. Do you serve no purpose in life? I mean, no. <laughs> um By the way, where is he saying all this stuff? Do we know? Um, it's from a variety of, I didn't cite okay. all of my sources. I'm sorry. These aren't like um, interviews he did per se right now. These are things he, maybe he said oh, so most on of these, Reddit yeah. in the past. You know, I, I, when I was clicking through, most of these are like, um, from old Reddit stuff that okay. like has been saved. However things you save things, things he said when people didn't know who he was. Or, well, or, <laughs> okay. So these are long, um, Marriage and yes, female oppression, slut shaming religion, these were all means to con- control hypergamy? H Y P E R G A M Y. Hypergamy. Hypergamy? It's it, in, it means infidelity. Oh. Uh, marriages might be considered loveless and women might be might have been unhappy, but for men it meant marriages that lasted, commitments that continued, and protection against the fickle whims of females. <laughs> hypergamy is marrying a person who is superior. Okay. Of a superior caste or class. I learned something new. 
I hate this guy. Um, so let's see. Um, he's also one of those guys that he complains because he goes on dates and it sounds like he like reads women his resume and they're like, no, later you sound awful. And he's like, <laughs> why? I'm so great. <laughs> guys, figure that shit out. Like, A, nobody owes you anything. B, listing your accomplishments is not cool. <laughs> like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Just be a normal human being and talk to people like other normal human beings. It's How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> like, we see right through this. Um, so, oh, another thing he did. Um, so he's very paranoid about being accused uh, of false... I'm saying false in scare quotes. False rape... Um, accusations so that's like a thing he's very paranoid about like because he, that happens all the time to guys to so he him says, apparently yeah. that it, like he they he and his ilk kind of consider it this sort of skirt or like this trend of women <laughs> reporting rape to get attention which i just i i've actually been dealing with some of this sort of language in my of people i like and respect and then they kind of say something that's not great about what rape means and oh they regretted it and so they called rape and i need to you're hearing that from men or women uh men Uh uh-huh um and i want to be abundantly clear um about things like this that um this is something that has happened to me i uh had a guy over at my house i told him i didn't want to have sex he started to have sex with me, and I thought, hey, it's easier to just go with this and instead of try to, like, because who knows what the fuck he's going to do. He left. I didn't call him again for obvious reasons, yeah. I thought. And I saw him in a bar a couple weeks later, and he's like, how come you never called? And I said, because I didn't want to have sex with you that night, and yet we did. And he did, was... I've never seen a human person look so befuddled. <laughs> um, and I only tell that story, which is really... <laughs> Not a lot of people know that story. Now my 10,000 closest friends do because that's what it looks like when you don't have enthusiastic consent. That's it. It is something that sticks with you. And it's something I've kind of turned over my head a million times. And so for, for this guy to say that, it's a thing women do to get attention is is so revolting to me and, and personally offensive because it's it's fucking garbage because a the the only quote unquote attention they get is to be called sluts by anybody who will listen and w- like what do they have to gain in what like what universe is it better to be a rape victim than it is to like have consensual sex with a guy. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of um, really troublesome uh, implications to that. I might have you cut that out later. I'm not sure if that's something I necessarily should have shared. Let me know. Okay. By the way, Fisher also said, just adding on to what you just quoted him saying, uh, he once commented, it is literally the female body that makes enduring these things worth it. Oh, yeah, I have that here, too. Yeah. Uh, he also said... Referring to women, not necessarily, I should mention, not the quote-unquote false rape accusations, mm-hmm. but their lackluster, boring, worthless selves. Yeah. But they have a body, so there you go. Well. 
I can I ask you something? Do mm-hmm. you think he's saying these things because he believes them, yes. or because he also has the cloak of anonymity? So he goes overboard with the crazy shit he says. Because I can't imagine Robert Fisher, the legislator, no, think, would ever say this. No, but I, I wonder I think if he believes when, it. I think if you go online and say something like this, this is something that you believe. Maybe he wouldn't have said it without the cloak of anonymity, but, but I do think it's it. something that he believes regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, I've got, I've only read like three of these, but I bolded this guy. Um, he was, so guys, guys, my guys, I love all of my listeners. You don't have to play devil's advocate. It's just not a thing you have to do. I appreciate what you think you're doing. Um, but this is the kind of thing that sometimes happens. He's playing devil's advocate because somebody said, Rape is a bad thing. And he, well, actually to it. <laughs> no. I'm going to say it. Rape isn't an absolute bad because the rapist, I think, probably likes it a lot. I think he'd say it's quite good, really. The rapist would. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. Well. Just this. This sort of toxic masculinity, and that's something I've been thinking about a lot because it's not just about being male and it's not just about being masculine. It's like peacocking like this of of pretending that men are these like untamable mustangs who like it's fucking garbage and it's not helpful for anybody. And I mean, it's just, oh, and he complains about, there's literally no legal protection I can think of that would eliminate the risk of a previous sexual partner of mine falsely falsely accusing me of rape, no matter what the circumstances. Now, I have a video recorder in my room. So he... So he's taping This class act. This guy is a state representative. And... Who hasn't resigned, by the way, since this story came out. You know what? Despite calls from... People don't give a shit. Yeah. Donald Trump got away with some of this That's stuff. That's exactly like, what I'm saying. Why like, should he this give it up? sort of garbage. Um, so, so this guy is so paranoid, and he thinks when, it's just it's he's a bad he's a bad mean bad guy. Fuck him. Yes. He also said statistically, I'm overdue for a false rape allegation. Oh yeah, I you have can't that have sex somewhere. with this many women without getting one. To which I'm sure a lot of guys are like, "What the hell?" Like that. That's fine. You're doing something wrong. Anyway, this guy can go... Second term. He's a second term in office. Um, But, you know, Hillary and Trump were just as bad as each other. Of course. I've just been seeing that a lot. (laughs) I think on our page, somebody somebody did a... Well, Hillary would have been just as bad. And guys, 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 no. (laughs) Nope. I don't think I responded to to that no, message. No, no, and I don't. I, just I never respond angry. to negative shit. But like, guys, no. One no. thing I should point out, like, okay. so this guy, his username was PK underscore atheist. Yeah. He is an atheist. Why does he have to drag that shit in? <laughs> that too. I mean, it it just no, goes just to right underscore this bitch. idea that I obviously think he's right about the atheism, and I think he's this abhorrent, horrible person mm-hmm. in so many other ways. And it, it it's worth keeping in mind that, yeah, you can be maybe right about something that's clearly important. Mm-hmm. And what is atheists tend to think we are rational. Mm-hmm. We are good critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. We we know how to think. Clearly, there are blind spots. Mm-hmm. And this is egregious, obviously. Mm-hmm. But being an atheist doesn't like I don't I don't want to 
defend it. I'm, I can't defend this no. guy, what he's doing. It's horrible. No, so he's, he's it's disappointing. He's the living worst. Yeah. I hate him. Uh, so, uh, is so there anything else to add about that? No, fuck him. He fuck doesn't him. get another second of my time. All right. Number two, Mayor Taylor says poverty is a symptom <laughs> of godlessness. Of course it is. So, um, Mary, Mayor Ivy Taylor uh, is the candidate of San Antonio, which I thought San Antonio... She's the mayor. Yeah. She is the mayor. Is the mayor. Yeah. Democrat, too. Is it Democrat? Oh, and it's like a woman of color. Like, you're so close to like... I want to like you. I want to like you so much. Um, so she was in a... So during an April 3rd mayoral candidate forum, she was asked about the, quote, deep systemic causes of generational poverty in San Antonio. Which is a good question. A very like, good question. Especially question. when you're so generational in there. That yeah. is a lot. Why Here are people poor? is her answer. <laughs> um <clears throat> I'll go ahead and put it out there, she responded. To me, it's broken people, people not being in a relationship with their creator and therefore not being in a good relationship with their families and their communities and not being productive members of society. I think that's the ultimate answer. Yeah. She made no mention of how... This is from the San Antonio Current. She made no mention of, of how the city's job creation rate, minimum wage, or social services pro- program could play, play a role in the city's ongoing poverty issues. Yeah. She, she did go on to say that, like, teen pregnancy was one thing she was working on uh-huh. and education inequality, uh-huh. which is nice. I'm glad you're working on those things. Those are not the only things that are going mean, to fix poverty. When she says poverty. working on it, what does that mean <laughs> What does at that this mean? Point? But I, I think the worst part about that answer she gave wasn't just the people aren't in a relationship with their creator. Mm-hmm. What bothered me was the therefore. They're not in a relationship with their creator. Therefore, they're not in good relationships with their families and communities. Yeah. Because well, we don't have families. Ooh, it is a... Therefore, yeah. like, they're not productive members of society. It's a reach. It's yeah. a reach. Um, Here's... So, can I ask you... This yeah, is the defense yeah. I have heard oh, God. from her, from people defending her, which is... She's not talking about atheists, which, no, she is. She said relationship with their creator. If you're not part of that, you're an atheist. Or if you're specific about creator being the Christian one, then she's talking about every non-Christian, too. Um, Well, if I had to wager, I guess I bet in her mind she was talking about, like, non-practicing Christians. I bet that was, like, kind of the, the... I bet that's who she was referring to, but to make a... Big statement like that is hoof. And part of me thinks th- this is her defense. It's Christianese. This is how Christians talk mm-hmm. amongst each other, yes. that people are broken. They're all sinners. Mm-hmm. That's everyone's a sinner except those who are saved by God. Mm-hmm. It, that sort of language, one, it's it's stupid to begin with. But two, it doesn't work when right. you're outside the church. And she's trying. And she said in her defense, the person who asked the question worked at like a Christian nonprofit. So she was trying to give her an answer tailored to that oh, person. Brother. But it doesn't make any sense. No, you're at a mayoral forum. You're talking. You're not. Ans- this is like a debate. It's not about the other person. Mm-hmm. It's about the audience who's listening. Right. That answer was horrible. All she had to do was say, I said it wrong. I think I was misinterpreted, whatever. But I came out wrong. I used the wrong words. Here's what I meant to say. Or even my answer was geared toward this particular Christian group. I shouldn't have said it in that setting. It didn't apply at that moment. Like, cause it, it was wrong in that. Well, cause that I mean, language wrong, doesn't make but sense. But like giving her the best benefit of the doubt is yes. to say like, well, I was 
thinking that it was geared toward my people. Um, some quick uh, statistics, because I yeah. do research. 2010 um, census of San Antonio, Texas. Um, it is nearly half non-religious. 43.6% of the population consider themselves nuns. Um, 17.8% live in poverty. Poverty. 26.2% of children live in poverty in San Antonio. So those fucking godless kids yeah. get thee to a church. Um, she also voted against... Because when you walk into a church, you get money. That's it's how the opposite. it works. It's the opposite. Hem, it's the opposite. You got it wrong. You got what? it backwards. What? It's the opposite. 10%. Oh, my bad. Do you remember... Year, this is when I first started writing. Somebody wrote a song slash rap about tithing. Those pop up every now and then. I don't know which one you're referring it's to. It's one of those things that just pops in my head once in a while because they say something about like 10% and then like the tag is like of the net, not the gross or something oh. like that. <laughs> and it's just something that'll pop in my head. And I'm like, I could remember so many better things. And I just remember this <laughs> But that's what you remember. Stupid song. Um, she also voted against non-discrimination ordinance to protect the LGBT community because she doesn't think people should be, uh, she thinks people shouldn't be forced to treat everyone equally if it goes against her faith or moral values, <sighs> which is fine. Um... She, she issued, by the way, a non-apology that she didn't say sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm about to read that. Um, because the shade that the San Antonio current throws is exquisite. <laughs> this is what the current says. Um, in a statement sent to the current, Taylor said the video has been intentionally ent- edited to mislead viewers. However, it's... I love this journalist. However, it's hard to see how now cast essays live stream video of the event could have been manipulated. The full video shows no obvious signs of editing. Yeah, no, the video was literally a clip of what she said. It didn't include her full answer, but the rest of her answer was no, irrelevant. No, 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 no. I found the 90 minute mm-hmm. YouTube video. Like, so we're not talking like a clip lifted. It's like, you go watch it. Yeah. That's the thing she says. Yeah. By the way, when I posted about this, I included the full thing and it's not any better. That's she's accusing people of trying to manipulate her. No, it's again, go back to Trump. Right. We don't have to manipulate anything. Right. We just need to hold the mirror, mm-hmm. push the just play put button a microphone to, in your yep, fucking pl- and just play it for you. Um, she said that she's devoted her life to breaking the chains of generational poverty. Um, this is a letter to the current. Um, I've done so because of my faith in God and my belief in Jesus's ministry on earth. So that clears that up. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> By the way, a bunch of atheist groups have not surprisingly spoken out. Oh, you don't say. Since this. A couple of the lines worth quoting from some of these people. This is uh, from American Atheist National Program Director Nick Fish. Uh-huh. Let me be clear. Atheists are not, quote, broken people. Well. Having a relationship with the creator. for yourself, <laughs> Mr. Fish. Yeah. Well, going back to uh, Robert Fisher. having a relationship this is nick again having a relationship with the creator or being religious have nothing to do with the relationship people have with their families their communities or their contributions to society he also challenged her to meet some of your atheist constituents um learn about our community learn about us as people and most importantly learn why your statements hurt us oh Um, well put yeah freedom from religion uh that was nick fish from american atheist the freedom from religion foundation Mm -hmm. uh said Uh, When any given factor of societal health or well-being is measured, Mm -hmm. it is invariably the less religious countries that score better. Hmm. Um, Same deal with states. The most religious states in the nation 
tend to have the highest rates of poverty, obesity, mm-hmm. infant mortality, STDs, Lowest teen pregnancy, murder, violent crime, yeah. etc. Um, and Foundation Beyond Belief, which I was a part of and mm-hmm. doesn't really put out statements when politics comes up. Especially local politics. Local politics. They said, um, they quoted uh, Vicki Getman, who's the director of the South Texas Atheist for Reason, which is a volunteer group that works with Foundation Beyond Belief. Okay. Uh, Vicky said, we're hoping Mayor Taylor will come out and see the great work her atheist constituents are doing to contribute to our community. Oh, so lots of responses. Very nicely. Everybody put it very nicely. Yeah. Because the point is, yeah, we're in this community. We right. are not the people you're talking about. Yeah. And we want to fix the problem. We are not causing the mm-hmm. problem. What I don't get is for a politician of such a big city, this isn't like middle of nowhere, you are in your bubble. Mm-hmm. This is San Antonio. Yeah. It's a big city with a lot of diversity in it. Mm-hmm. To say that, well, especially is one when you're thing. looking at census reports that say nearly half people are non-religious, <laughs> right? Like, Do you even that's know your constituents? That's a pretty fucking broad but brush. It's one thing to say something stupid because, yeah. all right, you weren't exposed to it, now you are. But then to not Double fix down. it yet, like, yeah, why are you doubling down on mm-hmm. this stupid thing you said? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get. It. And sh- as far as I know, this happened like a week ago. She still hasn't apologized. Uh, correctly, mm-hmm. I should say. It's it's frustrating. Hmm. Okay. Can you imagine if she's like, well, you know, this? what's the f- reason for generational poverty? The Jews. <laughs> like, no, that would never be acceptable. But when it's like, well, people who don't believe in my God, yeah. now it's okay, she thinks, to say that. We're the villains. With, no, it's not even like she provided statistics to back that up. She just said it, said it. put it out there. And, and then said it again. Um, okay, that's all I have to say about Mayor Taylor. Uh, I got one for you here. Different story. Oh, okay. Uh, Good. This is an interesting one because I saw the headline and I'm like, I I don't like this charity. The Portland Gay Men's Chorus. Awesome. Good for them. They're, they yeah. sound fine. They did a charity concert. Uh-huh. They raised $3,000 and they're like, you know what issue we want to address? Oh, God. Homelessness okay. in Portland. because. Oh. It affects a lot of young LGBT people. Great. And it turned out there was a, uh, a pretty popular homeless shelter in Portland called Hearts with a Mission. Okay. So they were like, here, $3,000. Take it. We're, we want to help. Because you cle- if you're serving homeless people in Portland, you are helping yeah. LGBT people. So take the money. The uh, charity said no. no. <laughs> and that's basically like what I kind of read at first. I'm like, oh, come on. What do you do? I don't care if you're a Christian charity and hearts with a mission is a christian charity I'm like why are you saying no to this they're not saying take the money and then like that's this is not a new marriage. thing to happen yeah, it's it's unfortunately not and it's it's happened to you right you, you went to, to donate money to library uh i tried to give it to a city council for their like recreational something or another oh. and they said and i said it's from friendly atheist <laughs> readers like later dog yeah <laughs> and then i tried to give it to a library and they called us a hate group and they said no in the same community to by be the way. fair you are among the most hateful people this i know it's like you well i created the men's rights Hitler. subreddit so <laughs> yeah. Um, and no then man. finally, I called up um, like a, a food pantry in the c- same community. Uh-huh. And I'm like, can I please just <laughs> give you thousands of dollars? I remember that time my buddy. Um... <laughs> I didn't send it to them. I called them first. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I don't want th- I don't want you to send it back to me. Yeah. Will you take the money. And the guy's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> OK. Fine. I remember that happened because my buddy was a librarian up in like Lake Forest or something like that. And uh-huh. I was like. Matt, we're trying to give away money to a library. <laughs> Do you want it? 
Anyway, oh my you God. found a home for that. Anyway, Portland Gay Men's Chorus wants to give $3,000. <laughs> they get rejected from Hearts with a Mission. And get th- and here's the thing. you're gonna We're going to finish this story. Uh, you're not going to hate Hearts with a Mission. Oh, no. I know. Here's what the... There's a worse villain. Uh, it's nuanced. Okay. Here's what the, the director of Hearts with a Mission, Kevin Lansom, uh, here's basically, I'm going to paraphrase his argument. He said... I have no problem with the Portland Gay Men's Chorus. But... I have no problem taking the money. I have no problem serving... I have no problem serving LGBT people. If we take your money... Oh, no. If we take your money, it's going to upset some of our Christian donors who are going to wonder about it and maybe... Two things. One, withhold money from us. And it could be they're withholding more money than you're giving us. And... Um, by taking the money, some of these parents may tell their own kids, like, don't this look at this Christian charity. They are helping gay people. I hate this Christian charity. And they're going to give a bad impression to the very kids who may actually need their help in this the future. This is Portland, Oregon, right? Yeah. It's not. It's Portlandia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just really quick. This is in 2017 or yeah, 1983? 18, yeah, no. So his argument was that if we take the $3,000 from the gay men's chorus, we may actually be hurting ourselves with mm-hmm. the donors who may give us more money. Uh, see, <laughs> So we, let me finish okay. this. He said there's another charity. There's another shelter in the community. It's not as big as we are, but they do a lot of good work. Give it to them. The chorus did. Yeah. And the chorus has been super nice to this. Sure. Uh, Kevin Lansom and the Hearts with a Mission. They haven't said, like, go give them money, but they're like... They haven't said these people are bigots or anything like that. Um, so I'm just saying it was a little nuanced. This guy wasn't saying I'm not taking it because it's like gay money. He's right. saying I don't want it because I have to deal with all these other donors and it's going to make my life hard. Right. Does that change your mind about any of this? It makes me so like I've always wanted to work in the nonprofit sector because I think it would be very fulfilling. But it's moments like this that make me realize I would be terrible in the nonprofit se- sector <laughs> because I am so fucking principled that I, like, if I were that guy and I, it was like, oh, if we take money from this group, oh, what if we lose money from these people? And be like, fine, fuck them. I don't want your garbage money. That is ultimately my conclusion, too. It's like, if you lose those donors, I'm sure that story of how we're losing donors because we took money from gay mm-hmm. would result in a groundswell of other That's donations. That's a good point. I didn't even think, I was just thinking, like, I don't want your blood money. Yeah. And here's the kicker to all this. Yeah. This is a charity that gets like, I think $50,000 from the city mm-hmm. to do the work they're doing that is not proselytizing. Wow. They, they get this money from the city. They had a budget shortfall. They needed like $26,000 more. I don't know if that's part of the 50 or mm-hmm. in addition to the 50, but they needed $26,000 from the city. They made that request. Mm-hmm. And the city was like, but you said no to the 3,000 from the chorus. Oh, so why should we shit. give you this money oh, that you, shit. Oh, if it's shit. so easy for you to say no to that, maybe we shouldn't give you all this money. That's they haven't made a decision on that, but I'm just saying they oh were my like, God, I don't know how to feel about that. There's so many parts to there's this. There's So many parts. But when it comes down to it, I think the guy, Kevin Lansom, the uh. director of Hearts and Mission, he now kind of regrets everything. He's like, look, 
we realized the decision to refer the funds to another nonprofit was a mistake. I mean, it sounds like he thought he was doing best for everybody involved. Yes. Like, I don't think, yes. I don't I don't think, think he's, he's a bad the villain. guy. Right. He's not, I don't he's think not he's the bad guy. The What's his name? Uh, Kevin Lansom. Kevin Lansom, you're not yeah. a bad guy. But he said, seriously, though, take that money. He said, we sincerely apologize to the LGBTQ community for the offense we caused. This decision did not reflect our commitment to foster relationships within our whole community. Y'all. That's a real apology. That's an apology. Yeah. Oh, wait. Quick sidebar. I read. I, I, I'm gonna look it up. I'll look it up for the notes. But I read this an amazing article about. You know, have you ever heard of the thing of um, women tend to apologize more than men, and so people are. And maybe this is just a lady thing. So I'm always going back through my own emails and taking out like conditional language. So like, I just wanted to ask you, or sorry about this, but I try to because I apologize for literally You're conscious of it. So you want to get rid of it, right? Uh, and so there's always this thing, uh, and it's as women have more and more entered the workforce, we're coached to be more and more masculine because the way women are traditionally feminine isn't as acceptable in the workplace, et cetera. So, uh, and that's just sort of what I've had in my head the whole time. Like, women need to stop apologizing for everything. And I read this amazing article about, like, no, women don't need to stop apologizing. Maybe men should start apologizing. And she used Sean Sean Spicer... The example of, um, what was it that he did on Passover? Oh, my God. That was anti-Semitic. I, I don't remember specifically <laughs> what it was because there's so there's, much. I don't remember, yeah. But he said something, <laughs> and then he, like, came back, and it was, it's it's the not apology, right? Like, he made noises that sounded vaguely apologetic, but he didn't see any words. And this person's like, because men their entire lives have been coached not to apologize. So this guy has to, and he's like, I don't know how to formulate <laughs> an apology. How does this work? I'm going to, I'll find it. Make sure I send oh you a text God. about it. Um, anywho. Um, so sad story all around, yeah. but I, well, I if you guys, if you live it. in Portland, go support yeah. the gay men's chorus. Oh, you know what? My two friends just moved to Portland. The ones whose wedding I officiated last year. Nice. They abandoned me to be lesbians in Portland. Ah, it hurts. They want to be included and loved. Yeah. Ah. It's fine. Um, I miss them. Do you have one? <laughs> I have so much more. All right. Ooh, I have a lot more. Okay. Uh, how long are we? Go- we'll just keep oh, going until we go. we're done. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a quick one. This is a thing that Obviously, when I pick the topics, they're all like feminist based. Sure. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so you're upsetting the red pill. <laughs> our wide listenership of MRAs. <laughs> um, so there is a woman named Judy Marcus, and she wrote an opinion piece for the New Yorker or some. I don't remember what she wrote it for. I'll look it up again. Send in the notes. Um, and the title of the piece. Is what Bill O'Reilly allegedly did was awful. Period. A tiny part of me wishes it would happen to me. What? So, <laughs> essentially, the thesis of this woman's—you know—it's like a four hundred word article. It's you know, an opinion piece. It's pretty brief, but it's just about how she misses. She used to be a model. She used to be very beautiful. And now she's in her 60s and she hasn't had work done and she feels invisible and she feels ignored. So when she uh, when she hears these stories about these women being um, being sexually harassed, it gives her a twinge of, oh, to be desirable again. Okay. So 
there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Um, and I want to start with this. And I thought, uh, friend, I have a group text with some of my uh, some of my girlfriends, and I sent this over to them. And my friend said something extraordinarily insightful. Her name's Autumn. I'm not going to use her last name because God knows nobody needs to be linked to this. Um, but it was. I'm going to find it. Vamp. Fill in. Um. You're yeah. So why fucking would bad any, at this? I was caught off guard. Um. Yeah, that title is weird. That's so the last thing I would expect to hear from anybody. Even if you want to be desired, I get that. Well, but so, to be desired that way? Well, so it's definitely... Um, okay, so this is what my friend Autumn said. Uh, so, so it's about internalized misogyny. And it's about um, women are taught, especially when this woman was a model for a long time, that you are taught that your value is... in intrinsically linked to how physically desirable you are to men. And I have certainly struggled with this, like as I get older and fatter and I don't (laughs) feel like it is. And also I have a lot of people in my life telling me that like being ugly means you're worthless. And like, Uh that's a, it's a hard thing to shake. Um, What I think my friend put really well was that there could be a really interesting discussion about how patriarchal norms make women feel, women feel validated via harassment because it reaffirms our value within the patriarchal society. So being harassed means we're desirable, which is a good thing. Um, and that's an interesting conversation that's worth having. Hmm. What this woman's article was, was I wish I was young and pretty again. Right. And that was somehow worth our time to sit and read. And it's just something that I I've don't know that I have anything interesting to contribute to this. All I'm saying is that I, I it's hard for me to I need to read the article. It seems hard to understand why anyone would want to be desired that way. Like Um and I think it's really as opposed to just desired by generally a guy in the same way you used to be or something like that. Well, and I think there's um a huge misunderstanding and it perpetuates a misunderstanding of what it means to be sexually harassed. Yeah. Right? Like it's n- or it's not I like think any catcalling. Of- I think catcalling is always like the interesting thing to point because I have been the subject of catcalling and it fucking sucks. I just want to go to work. Right. I don't need you slowing down your truck so you can like whistle out the window at me. This happened a year ago when I lived in Uptown every time when I was going to the train, it's fucking eight o'clock in the morning. I just want to go to work. Um, and this sort of notion that so many people, and that includes women of saying, Oh, it's a compliment. You should take it as a compliment. Whether or not one means it as a compliment, what it is, is reminding me that above anything else, I am in your mind here to be visually pleasing to you. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I'm, what else I'm doing, my value to you, stranger on the street, which I would have ignored you every time I've ever seen you because I'm just trying to do my own thing. My value to you is I am a decorative object on the street, and you have to let me know because that's somehow important to you. I, there's definitely an argument to be said. It's reestablishing dominance over the streets because these streets aren't yours; these streets are mine, and you are playing in them. Um, anyway. I shouldn't do these. I do bummer ones. I wonder if... I, I can't imagine any of the victims of O'Reilly feel that way. Well, you and know, it's the same like, thing we were talking about before of like, oh, oh, women cry rape or women cry sexual harassment to get attention. And like, what kind of attention do you think you're getting? And like, right. I'm sorry, I don't 
need men stopping in the middle of the sidewalk, blocking my way and making obscene gestures at me to like feel complimented. And like, yeah, that super happened at 1130 on a Sunday morning. Like it's It's a church crowd. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Are you ready for more feminist? This is oh my the, god! Like, what do we got? Oh my god! Okay, my last one that All I'm right. gonna do after this is not feminist, and I think you're really gonna enjoy it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Handmaid's Tale, which we actually talked about last yeah. week briefly, um, it came out I think yesterday, uh, Wednesday, as uh, a Hulu uh, a Hulu series miniseries, um, and Elizabeth Moss plays the uh, the lead. Do you, how much do you know about Ms. Elizabeth Moss? I'm lost in this entire conversation so far. Okay. So, um, most people know Elizabeth Moss. I mean, I know her from playing Jed Bartlett's daughter on West Wing. But most people know her as playing Peggy Olsen from Mad Men. Have you ever seen Mad Men? Mm. What media do you consume? Survivor. Oh, my God. You're the worst. So, <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be like talking I think I know which one you're talking about. Wall. I've I've seen articles with like I don't know. Okay, let me fill up my wine. All right, and we'll get into this. Okay, right. so and I'm not a. So why is that relevant? That she's the person in this role? Because Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. Ah. And is famous, and she was born into it, and I think that's really? worth noting that she is somebody who was she didn't join. As an adult, there was something that her family got her into. And I've not done a ton of research into her life, and she's very, very protective of it, which is absolutely her right. But, uh, so this Peggy Olsen character uh, on Mad Men, and I, I've seen a few episodes. I'm not by any means a, a, um, a, a loyal fan, but her progress through the series is she goes from being like, the first episode is her like being brought in as I think a secretary or something like that. And she rises up through the ranks to become one of the, and she is a character a lot of women I know and respect really adore and, and is just sort of like a... Climbed up the ladder in the Climbed up the ladder, kicking ass and taking names and like not yeah. putting up with any of your bullshit kind of gal. Um, and she has fame, I don't know, famously, but she has... She's afraid of the feminist label. In real life? And in real, like, so Peggy has been, so questions would be, is, do you think Peggy is a feminist icon? And she really, um, it's like a fucking, huh. like, reverse magnet of, like, she just gets herself away from that. She doesn't. Um, and, and the reason I think it's, there's a few reasons I think it's worth mentioning. Um, one is that the the parallels and what we're about, what I'm about to tell you about um, with the feminist being called a feminist, I think are a lot of uh, there's a lot of parallels between that and atheism. So you have people who are like, oh, I don't believe in a god, but I wouldn't consider myself an atheist because there's <laughs> there's weight to words, there's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes so, with its own stigma. You don't so, want to deal with it. So Elizabeth Moss's kind of go-to thing is that she's a humanist. Oh. Um, and so for what does that mean to her? That she like <sighs> loves all knows. humans and doesn't want to like treat one specially is that what she's making uh, I mean of it? it's it's because when people hear feminist they want to jump to like the angry you hate men sort of thing I hate men which yeah. like I do hate most men but like <laughs> that's not being a feminist that's not just me being a bitch uh, <laughs> um and and so just to sort of catch anybody up who hasn't read the handmaid's tale 
including Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just read it two weeks ago. So like, let's not pretend that I've been like I'm a scholar on it. Essentially it's a sort of um, uh, a dystopian future uh, where a very strict Christian right, very concerned, I don't know if it's explicitly Christian, but very conservative right has swept in and decided that um, everybody's happier and by everybody, it's defo men, is happier if only men control power. Like, they hold the power, and women are relegated to a few different positions, but one is just basically breeding stock. They just, like, so there are, our main character lives in this house and, and has sex with, like, the, the main guy, and the, um, the commander, I think he is, and basically, it's just everybody, there was something that, like, getting pregnant is harder, and so all women are used, they're locked in a, like, tiny room, they have no stimulation, they're not allowed to talk to each other, they wear these bonnets that have, um, like, basically blinders on them, so they can't look at anybody, and all, they're relegated to only being, like, baby makers. Um, and it's just about this it's a first person account of just this woman kind of remembering how they got to this point and her experience and how she's manipulating within the system and, and how she's trying and she's trying to find a family that she was pulled away from when this sort of revolution happened. That's my not great clips notes of it. Um, so it is a desperately feminist tale. It is a, it's a dystopian future imagined of like the extreme of what we're seeing now of women aren't in power and they're not, considered full humans they're considered they can take care of the house or they can have children and like that's all they get to do um and and, I, and all that's to say it is a very obviously fe- and it's by margaret atwood it's a very 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 it's like the quintessential feminist work so and elizabeth moth says uh, for me, it's not a feminist story. It's a human story because women's rights are human rights. So for me, I never intended to play Peggy, who we mentioned yeah. before, as a feminist. I never intended to play Offred as a feminist. Offred's the character in um, Handmaid's Tale. They're women and they're humans. Offred's a wife, a mother, a best friend. She has a job. She's a person who's not supposed to be a hero, and she falls into it. And she kind of does what she has to do to survive, to find her daughter. It's about love, honesty, so much of the story. So for me, you know, I never approach anything with any sort of political agenda. I approach it from a very human place, I hope. And um, she also emphasized later, it's very important for people to understand this is about human rights, not just women. That kind of misses the whole point, though. Sherp. All lives matter. That's that's, <laughs> haven't, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly exactly it. Um, and there's been a lot of my one of my my best friends called me yesterday because she was like she had just read this and she was seething. She was so mad about it because it's a very it's taking something very personal that means a lot to people. And um, yeah, roots isn't about like how all mankind needs to do better. Right. Right. <laughs> no, it's a very specific experience. And right. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious what Margaret Atwood would say. Oh, to that. Do you know that I do. Cause I'm great at research. <laughs> so this might be the worst part about the whole thing. Oh no. Somehow it gets worse. <laughs> okay. So, I can't imagine she wants to criticize it too much because it's also her book come to come to like Hulu or whatever. So like essentially you don't want to criticize your own thing. What Margaret Atwood did, and I didn't um the the person who wrote this article that I Teen Vogue? No, it's something else. 
um, that they they made it clear that Margaret Atwood isn't anti-feminist. She just wants to be very clear what she means when she means feminist. Margaret Atwood does. Margaret Atwood does. Uh-huh. Um, which I respect on some level of she wants to define the terms. She doesn't want anybody applying anything to her. But to me, feminist is one of those words that like, I, I am like a, you know, feminism is the hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. And if you want to throw insults at me, if you want to call me a man hater or a bra burner, fine. I'm absorbing all of that. Cause I don't give a shit. I'm going to stand my truth, right? Sure. But what Margaret Atwood said, which was a little bummer, um, she said, I didn't want to become a megaphone for any one particular set of beliefs. Having gone through that initial phase of feminism when you weren't supposed to wear frocks and lipstick, I never had any use for that. You should be able to wear them without people saying you're a traitor to your sex. So this is obviously a... a I shouldn't say obviously. There was a New Yorker profile about Margaret Atwood like last Mm -hmm. week, which hardcore... With the feminist Definitely stuff, feminist. as you would expect. I, I think this is a, a reflection of second wave feminism, right? Of of a very, the wave of feminism that was anti-man. And like, if you get married, you're betraying your, <laughs> it, it was just a, a really, really wide swing of what, what it was. And it was just a reaction to. I wonder though, if she's just holding back because the last thing you want to do is criticize your book your thing and so right. what is she gonna say like that's horrible my thing is about this right. and the main actress mm-hmm. is wrong like you don't want to and not just the main actress and i didn't creation. pull those quotes for this but the a couple of the co-stars said similar things and um and so and so during my 30 minute phone call rant with my with my uh, friend leslie um, what we sort of were landing on was it feels like hulu which is the mm-hmm. the producing company kind of sent out talking points of that they didn't and this is what and this is to who? Um to to the because this is at a panel what Elizabeth Moss said was at a panel. Okay. So it seems like everybody was trying to like hit these talking points of like it's not feminist, it's humanist. No. Um and whether that was to create a whisper campaign because we're talking about it right now and right. Leslie and I have been talking about it for 24 hours straight and what it means. Or if it's and the thing that I think probably happened is they didn't want to uh, they were afraid calling it a feminist work would be uh, isolated. It would, it would, yeah, turn off a lot of right. people. Like, you're not going to get which the red pill I to would watch say, it. <laughs> to which I would say, like, do you think MRAs were going to watch <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> right. and the first? Because to me, it feels like you had nothing to gain. Because nobody, like... Yeah, if, I, if you want to start a controversy, this seems like a silly one yeah. to start up. Um so, and then today, oh, today or it yesterday. It got worse? No, it oh, got right. interesting. Um, to the Huff, to HuffPo on Tuesday, so a couple days ago, so a couple hours before Hulu re- released the first three episodes, she said... Who's she? Uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Moss, yeah. in response to what she said about it's not a feminist okay. story, it's a, it's a human story. Um, I'm not sure that was... a. I'm not sure that that was exactly what I was trying to say or what we were trying to say. I wanted to say, and I'll just say it here right now, obviously, all caps, her words, obviously, all caps, it is a feminist work. It is a feminist show. Hmm. So part of, I mean, part of me thinks that she, a few things could have happened. A, she could have genuinely misspoke, which I don't know how you fucking do that in this 50-word 50 50 <laughs> quote. 
Um, B, she heard the blowback and is responding to it, which I'm kind of fine with. Or C, Hulu, like, sent out another memo. I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Change the course. Change the course. Um, So that was interesting. And I think the parallels between how feminism is treated and atheism is treated are are worth exploring. I think the other thing is that um, uh, Moss is a Scientologist. And to see a woman who is complicit in this sort of cult religion that is a known oppressor of women, um, to see her star in this very, very feminist story is, is interesting. And again, she's notoriously secretive about her religion, but... L. Ron Hubbard is a misogynist. He said a society in which women are taught anything but management of family, the care of men, and the creation of the future generation is a society which is on its way out. Um, Tampa Bay Times in 2010 detailed an alleged, pa- an alleged pattern of forced abortions of women in the Sea Org. Uh, I wonder how what an evangelical Christian woman who's presumably not like hardcore feminist mm-hmm. would have done in that same situation. Because Scientology seems like that's not the key here. Mm-hmm. But if she, if Elizabeth Moss were like super religious in another religion that mm-hmm. we argue doesn't take women, doesn't treat women right, right, would she have said the same thing? Or is this specific to Scientology, do you think? I mean, I do think Scientology breeds secrecy. Uh, I, I think Scientology breeds secrecy. I think most religions certainly... I mean, that's one of the hallmarks of a cult is that you cut off communication with the outside world and like you're very secret about what you're what your thing is. I don't know. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Um, but so, uh, and so the question that this made me think of was this, that I would love to hear your take on. So a few years ago when, um, there was a few, a few months when the whole Woody Allen story was gigantic of that. He had molested his daughter or stepdaughter, stepdaughter, adopted well, daughter. Ma- well, he married his, his partner's daughter. So he was not her adopted. And I want to be clear about this. Don't send I, us emails. We'll look it up later. Um, no, I did research <laughs> him. And this is right. So it's, um, fuck, what's her name? From Rosemary's Baby. She's married to Frank Sinatra. And her name is, you've never seen any movies. What's a movie? You motherfucker. Mm. Um, look it up while All I right. talk. Rosemary's Baby. All right. Um, Mia Farrow. Got it. Uh-huh. It's Mia, Mia Farrow. <laughs> She, uh, her adopted daughter, she was dating Woody Allen. She had an adopted daughter. She had a daughter. I shouldn't say she's a daughter. It's her fucking daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, while she and Woody Allen, I don't think were ever married, nor was Woody Allen in any way. This, this young girl's father in any legal sense, he certainly was a father figure to her and he went on to marry her. Okay. I believe they're still married to this day. Don't send me emails. I don't care. All right. Um, so... Um, and this is easy for me to say because I'm not a big Woody Allen fan. I didn't. I don't know his work very well. But I always a, a question or whatever that I always find interesting is like, how do you feel about separating the artist from the art? Um, it's tough. It's the same thing yeah. with Bill Cosby right now. Mm-hmm. It's same thing every time because th- they're amazing, brilliant artists, and then you find out later, oh, they've done something really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. I feel like I can appreciate the work without. Yeah. I don't have to like them as a person. <laughs> so yeah. it won't stop me from watching it or something if it's good. Um, I don't know that I would like. 
tell but, my friends, so, go see it per se. So to me, there's an extent to which like, if so, say I went and paid and saw a Woody Allen movie, yeah. which to be honest, I think the only one I've seen has been Night in Paris, which I liked a okay. lot. N- not important. Um, but like, is me giving money to a movie theater, which will some of which will go back into go his back pocket. to him, and I'm supporting yeah. this artist who's by many accounts kind of a monster. Don't we say the same thing about like Chick Fil A? <laughs> God damn it! Morality, morality, and capitalism it's, cannot exist. Which is funny because side. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would be like, "Well, I'm not eating there if any of the money's going to an evangelical owner who." treats gay people but then we're gonna trot back to the hobby lobby thing of we don't want to pay for like we can't pay our employees if they're gonna go ahead and spend money on birth control it's a fucking nightmare the here's the problem with the chick-fil-a argument because i i don't i don't eat there anyway but i don't there's not a lot for vegetarians i know it's not like bun and pickles um i don't really ask that same question of pretty much everything i consume yeah. So I don't know who the owner is of most of the stuff mm-hmm. I eat. So I don't know what their politics are. And if I knew it and I disagreed with it, would it stop me from doing stuff? Not really. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. Um, Chick-fil-A got the attention, so it's easier yeah. to say no to that. But I'm sure a lot of stuff I consume is made by like evangelicals who feel the same way. Well, yeah, and, uh, In-N-Out Burger and... Which I have eaten at, and it is good. What the fuck do they have vegetarian? Grilled In-N-Out- cheese. Oh. It wasn't bad. I was in California. Or like um, uh, Forever 21. Yeah. They and, have and, the stuff. They, yeah. If you look at the bottom of the bag, it'll have a Bible verse. Yep. Yep. Uh, same, th- I mean, same thing with In-N-Out Burger, under the cups. Yeah. Like the little rim under the cup. Salvation Army is an evangelical Salvation Army. Uh, yeah, I actually have stopped donating to, yeah. like on the streets or whatever. I can find I, a better place but for also, money. But on the flip side, I believe the guy who founded Domino's Pizza is a monster. But like Catholic, yeah. God damn it. I will I never get up Domino's Pizza. Guys, <laughs> guys, I know it's bad, but it is my, ugh, it's like my comfort food. But so can you separate the art from the artist? I think we do for the most part, unless they get publicity and like yeah. there's, Because you're not going to research into yeah. every single person. Yeah, just give me the food. I just, I feed me. <laughs> we'll argue later. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think I'm being a hypocrite in saying I do that all the time. Sure. And just because I might say, hey, you shouldn't do this. I don't think there's a difference in saying, hey, look, Woody Allen did this thing that Uh is really controversial. That's a good reason not to watch his stuff because you're supporting a horrible person, Mm -hmm. if that's the argument. Right. Allegedly. Go ahead. Allegedly. Allegedly. Go ahead and make that argument. Right. Fine. Um, I think that's what a lot of people do with the Chick-fil-A thing. I'm not going to eat there. I want to pressure you all to not eat there. Mm-hmm. Don't watch a Bill Cosby special or buy his albums because of all the stuff he's accused of. Um, all of that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if that'll necessarily stop people from doing it. But, hey, if you're aware of it, you can make your decision for yourself. Yeah. It doesn't well, bother and, me. And so what I think is interesting about this specific instance is that so how Eliz- far down the rabbit hole does that even go? Like we're gonna disagree no, with everybody. No, about I mean it's something. unsustainable, right? Like you can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I've definitely there have been moments that I, and I can't think of a specific moment. That, like I heard somebody had a garbage opinion or like said something yeah. shitty, and I was like, I'm not gonna give this thing. Like I'm yeah. sorry. Like I feel like maybe Alec Baldwin said something problematic. I'm sure he did. <laughs> or like he's a famous asshole or something. But like. 
I'm never going to not watch 30 Rock. It's right. my favorite show. I know all the words. And he's right. fucking hilarious in it. Like, Who stopped watching Mad Men because of the Scientology uh, thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I think is the interesting difference between the Woody Allen thing, for example, and what's going on with, with Handmaid's Tale is that there's something about Elizabeth Moss sought out... A, uh, we assume she sought out or at least accepted this role of like a really famous established feminist character. And for like the people who made this show to be like, Oh, it's not a feminist work. Like feels really like a betrayal. (laughs) betrayal. Like it really does. And it, I mean, maybe I'm being hyperbolic, but it just feels like, do you, this is something that's, I, it's the same way when like you go see a Harry Potter movie and it's not just like the book and you're like, well, you missed the po- the point like it has the same sort of like weird reaction I have because you'll I'm get a weird feeling when you watch mm-hmm. it. Um, I have a I have one for you here. Okay, uh, there is a Christian college in Ohio, Cedarville University. It's one of those private Christian mm-hmm. fundamentalist schools. Uh, they teach creationism. Uh, they they have very strict rules about what students are allowed to do, not do things mm-hmm. like that. That's not a surprise. We're used to schools like that, okay. so. That in and of itself, not a big deal beyond like, well, well, all right, I wouldn't send my kids there, but Mm -hmm. all right. Um, They instituted a new policy recently. And this one's getting, uh, it's controversial even in Christian circles. And basically what their new policy is, they're referring to uh, Philippians, God, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, a chapter and verse in Philippians that basically says... I love how fast you're saying that in hopes nobody can hear it. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) It's a it's a chapter and verse that talk about purity, oh, and you no. should only like take in things that are pure. Oh, no. And basically, their new policy scrubs from the curriculum anything they may deem unpure. So, in practice, things that are adult in nature, things that represent immorality, uh, like all of American history. Uh-huh. Pornographic. I mean, I kind of get that one, but like pornographic, erotic, obscene, graphic. I'm quoting here. Which means R-rated movies. They cannot show. When you say they cannot show. The professors are going to basically be held to this policy in across the board. Like, no R-rated movies. These are adults in college. These are not... This is not the Cedarville okay, Middle School. Okay, here's my thing. This is Cedarville University. Yo, you Yo. went to a Christian college. Like, you knew what the fuck you were getting <laughs> into. Well, even the professors were like, this is a little too much here. Of course it is. Because Schindler's List, in theory, would not be allowed to be shown to students because it's rated R, which is absurd. Um, I'm going to add a caveat to this in a second. They also meant like any plays that you're reading in a theater or drama class, like they can't include swearing, which good luck with that. Jane Austen is a no-go in an English class because she has a lot of... Uh, you know, semi-salacious stuff in some of her books. Jane Austen? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's... So, basically, we want to treat you like you are children is the policy. Now, they've since clarified, like, we're not going to go... Like, a Schindler's List, we're not going to say no to. That obviously has value. Oh, they said we're, so there's uh, gray areas in the world? I can't <laughs> I believe know. it, Christian College. Uh-huh. They're like, well, yeah, we're not going to say no to every play, but we may, they may need to, like, the professors would have to get approval from above with good reason Jesus for teaching Christ. a certain play. The day this they podcast are, can pick up my eye rolls is yeah. the day that we're off the air because <laughs> we'll be so fucking loud. They, 
they're treating these people like children. That's what bothers me. I'm not saying let's like, teach if these you're, kids. If you're the kind of parent who is sending your kid to a Christian college and like our ple- like that's like the goal, right? Yeah. Of we're going to send this kid to a good Christian college. That's exactly what they want. They want them to be treated And that's like why children. they made the policy. They did it to appease the parents who might have concerns if they are being their kids are being shown like R-rated movies Well, in you class. know what I mean? History has shown that if you take shit away from people <laughs> or hide it from people, they definitely won't be curious oh, yeah. or try to get to it. <laughs> how so do you history is defo on their side. How do you even have a discussion in a political science class right now if you can't bring up some of the horrible shit Trump has done? Where you can say pussy. Where you can't quote him. Yeah. Like, how do you even have that discussion? But let's give him a chance. Oh, of course. Let's give him a chance and see what he does. <laughs> it's only been 98 days. I, I'm sure Trump will learn when he's 70, what, one? Uh, he'll learn plenty of stuff. Fuck that guy. At some point, here's the concern. Yeah. A lot of these kids who end up <laughs> Just going... Just the one concern the one concern. Have. A lot of kids end up going to a school like this, not because this is what they dreamt of, but because, yeah, their parents wanted them to go there. It's, it's well-known in the fundamentalist world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the parents wanted it. They kept them in a bubble. These are probably students who have not gone to public school mm-hmm. for high school or younger. They've been in a bubble their whole life. They are remaining mm-hmm. in a bubble. I don't even get the purpose, how this educates them, because I kind of get the, we're a Christian school, we don't want you to read about gratuitous well, no, it's sex about scenes. S- it's but about no sinning, right? Sign- it's about it, keeping them pure. Yeah, but no yeah. one's reading Fifty Shades of Grey for shits and giggles. That's not what they're talking about. They're saying like we're going to eliminate a lot Dude, of stuff. When you're going to draw These kids are going to graduate. When you're going to draw a line in do? the sand about profanity, then this is what it turns into. <laughs> if you because because we all know shit like this is subjective. And when you try to apply objective rules to and that's the same thing <laughs> of like have you ever seen the documentary do you watch documentary? Sorry, I didn't mean to assume. Not really. There's a doc um it's probably 10 years old now called this film's not yet rated. Nope. It's about how God damn it, Hammett. This should be, this should be our fundraising thing is like (laughs) we have $500 a month. Hammett will watch fucking star Wars or something, which I won't watch with you. I can't watch a new hope one more time. I hate it. Sorry. Watch all of them. Come at me. I mean, the new one is really, I really liked, um, um, the one with Ray. What's it called? The force awakens. I've seen that probably eight times. I mean, it's fine. You have <laughs> shit to do, like watch college Here's, basketball or something. I do watch college basketball sometimes. Weirdest. I, anyway, wait. No, yeah, I was go, on a point, go, probably. Go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, when you when you draw on the sand and say that there's shades of gray, you you can't just... I don't remember what I was saying. You do your thing. The, the kicker to all this is if they're going to eliminate stuff that's controversial and adult and graphic and violent and obscene, mm-hmm. how the hell do they teach the Bible? Hammett, that's a, <laughs> a truly excellent point. Thank you. Everyone made it. I'm the only one who didn't. And then every <laughs> commenter is like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, all right, all of you win. Um, th- in theory, you could not teach that. And of course, they said, no, we're not saying that, that. Passes oh, the that's rules. one of the good. That's one of the exceptions. Like, what do they do at college orientation? Like, here's your blindfold. Here's your earplugs. Here's your dorm. Your curfew. Eight p.m. Happy nineteenth so, birthday. So I'm of <laughs> two minds on this. Uh, part of me, a big part of me, wants to be just like, 
dude, whatever. If you want to live your life never seen like a movie beyond PG and never like seen a booby other than your wife's, <laughs> like fine. In the dark under the covers. In the dark under the covers when you got married when you're 20 because that's always what works out. <laughs> um, part of you wants to be like, dude, like live your best life. Do what you have to do. But then I remember that those people vote and try to apply their moral. So that's my thing. So we, I mean, obviously this is an atheist podcast and I have strong opinions about religion. I will say like, if somebody wants to believe a thing, I really don't have a problem with what you believe. The problems come in when there are abuses within your church, i.e. the Catholic church, that they are, they cover that shit. Everybody knows what's going on in the Catholic church. And when you try to, push your views on me because you do you like you do your thing that's fine like if you if you want to go to church five days a week and not eat anything that casts a shadow and what and like only sleep two hours a night because that's what your god wants you knew like go ahead have fun i don't give a shit like do you but is the fucking moment you try to, because like these people, these people who are going to this school, these young people are going to graduate into a world that they don't understand. So yeah, either they're going to get the lost in the city what? or like stay on their parent, you know, stay in even their if little these, community. Even if these kids, because they're not adults, even if they go on to become pastors, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of them are going into church ministry anyway. Sure. At some point, they got to deal with people who are outside the bubble. And how do you relate? How do you talk about these serious issues when you have no exposure? Yeah. And again, what's the whole point? It goes back. What's the point of a university? And I I would say this about secular public schools as well, uh, because we talk about like, oh, I don't want to listen to the speaker because they might offend me. Mm -hmm. What's the point of a university? It's to challenge you. It's to say, you hold these opinions. Let's bring in people who might say you're wrong, Mm -hmm. who might be offensive, but who you can also push back and have a discussion about this stuff. I mean, this is saying we don't want you to have that discussion because we don't want to offend your sensibilities. This is all that stuff we're seeing, like with right wing speakers (laughs) at public schools. This is that on steroids saying we don't even want to expose you. It's absurd. If the students at Berkeley, for example, Uh I'm obviously surprised, not a fan of Ann Coulter, you um, don't I know. say. If Berkeley, if there's, I know, there's a conservative group at Berkeley that says we want to bring her in. Uh-huh. We got funding for it from an outside group. So the school's not really going to be on the hook for too much of this. Mm-hmm. And they go to the school and say we want to bring her in. That's exactly what a student group should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember doing that when I ran an atheist club in college to bring in speakers. Um, then, yeah, she should be allowed to come there. And if you don't like her, and I'm guessing everyone at Berkeley probably doesn't, you should be able to protest mm-hmm. peacefully. You should, be, and that to me also seems dumb, but okay, I get that one. Go ahead and protest that she has despicable, view, despicable views. But after she talks, go ahead during a Q&A, which I'm sure they would have, mm. and challenge her on this stuff and point out why she's wrong. Because I'm sure she, of all people, would love to go one-on-one with you mm-hmm. and have that discussion. And if they were really smart, some of these students, they would say, hey, she's having a discussion at 8 p.m., whatever, on this day. Well, at 10 p.m. or whatever, when it's done, we're going to hold a discussion in this room that we've rented out because we're a student group and we can do that uh-huh. to basically rebut all the crazy shit she said. And we hope you join us for that. 
Um, and that's how we're responding to it because the things she says are crazy. Mm-hmm. That to me is a way more productive and smart way to handle that than to say she doesn't, what, she shouldn't be able to speak because she holds despicable views? Because, yes, she holds really horrible, horrible views. But plenty of students at other colleges could say that about atheists. They could say that yeah. about any Republican. They could say that about Democrats. They could say that about any group you want to. Planned Parenthood, for example. Cecile Richard, should she be allowed to speak at a school? There are students who Would totally no. oppose everything she stands for. But again, if you oppose it, listen to her. Mm-hmm. And if you still think she's wrong, challenge her on it in the way that every single one of these lectures gives you a platform to do without disrupting the speaker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want you to be challenged. I want people to hear them out. That goes for despicable people, uh, assuming the student groups invited them and wanted them there and went through all the motions that every group has to do. Mm-hmm. They played by the rules, as far as I can tell. Yeah. In, like all these cases. Um, yeah. Listen to them. Hear it out. And make your voice heard but not to the point where they're not allowed to even talk. Right. By the way, I know the in culture one's a little strange because I think uh, Berkeley said you have a green light to come here. We're gonna we're gonna have year. But I think the conservative group that was funding it said they didn't want to pay for security. It was more to it than just the protesters just said no. Berkeley said yes. So I don't want to point out that that's the example. But to go back to Cedarville. Mm. They're basically saying, we don't want to expose you to tough, challenging ideas because it might offend your parents. No, but that's... And what's the point of sending your kids to school? That's the entire Christian worldview is to to shelter yourself. They literally Not everywhere, but yeah, with this group of Christians. Yes, exactly right. Many sects. And and what, they call everything that's not in the church worldly. Like, they have a, a name for it because that means it's not of the church and it's not pure and it's not wholesome and it's not for you. And it's a great... I mean, again... It's the way cults operate of like you isolate your people and you don't let them talk to or be influenced by anything other than what you want their message to be. Think of what they're not going to be exposed to because their professors couldn't get a green light from the administration. Um, I'm very curious if any professors would say, (laughs) I don't want to teach you anymore. um, Because this is too much. I don't know if many professors have that much weight. I don't know if they have the weight to do anything, but they do have the ability to say, I don't want to work here. It's happened at other Christian schools. Oh, sure. With policies they didn't like. I mean, there was a, I can't remember the details. Uh, there was a Christian school a while back. They said, we believe in creation. Okay, fine. A lot of the professors who work there have to sign a statement saying, yes, I agree with this. But then later on, the school amended that provision to say we believe in like a literal six day 24 hour creation and not like they didn't even leave the door open for like oh. old earth creationism right god created the process and we uh, well, seven days creation. in god's like, world is so seven, when they went from seven. creation to young earth creationism a lot of professors left the school so i mean it they have the ability to push back uh I don't know how you can call that a university. It's not. It's like an elementary school at best. <laughs> Generously. Um, yeah. Um, I got one one more story. It's a quick one, which is that uh, this week, I think a couple of days ago, as we're saying this, the IRS stopped oh by the ministries of Benny Hinn, who is that white-haired preacher who you might have seen on TV who kind of touches people on their forehead and they fall backward. I mean, it was that Benny Hanna. I don't think that's the same thing. That's a restaurant, mm-hmm. I believe. Never yeah. been there. 
Um, but yeah, Benny. Kevin, ha- what do you do with your life? I just blog, and then they <laughs> pad me back up into my cage. <laughs> um, but yeah, Benny Hinn. He's the guy. He's made tons of money. He I don't goes on crusades all over the world. So brave. And everyone comes up on stage, and he's like, he babbles, and then touches their forehead. They fall backward. Yeah. If you want to see a funny YouTube video, there's uh, one to the tune of like, "Let the bodies hit the floor." And <laughs> It's just him touching people and they fall backward. Anyway, the IRS showed up at his ministries. Oh, I bet they had good news. He is in Paris right now, according to his schedule. So he wasn't even there. Well, that's where God wanted him, Hannah. (laughs) According to reporters who saw this, the IRS agents were like, we're walking in and out with boxes flowing which way, this way and that. Uh, One officer. Where is he based out of? uh, Texas. Grapevine, Texas, close to there. Wait. A megachurch in Texas? I don't even know if he has a church there, but the worldwide ministries are headquartered there. Okay. But uh, one of the investigators from the IRS said, we're primarily investigating tax evasion and general fraud against the government, which it hasn't led to anything. I will say IRS investigated this guy before. Nothing Mm -hmm. came of it. Okay. Um, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, uh, who was in charge of overseeing, uh, I forgot which committee, but they actually investigated like six televangelists in 2007 saying, we think you're scamming people. If you've seen the John Oliver televangelist bit, yes. basically saying we're coming after you for that. Yeah. But in 2007, uh, Benny Hinn and one other ministry uh, were basically, they complied. I think they, com- I forgot if he did. Two of the ministries said, here, here's our things. And four of them said, we're not cooperating with you. All six of them basically were let off the hook years later for a bunch of reasons, not not because they did nothing wrong. But anyway, like people have the tried to... The least inv- of which is that they did nothing uh, yeah. wrong. People have tried to investigate this stuff. Yeah. It never goes anywhere. And I don't know what will happen now with this Benny Hinn thing, but it was fascinating to hear sure. that the IRS was at his offices trying to figure this out. But, and what I found really interesting, like reporters called up the ministries and they're like, hey, so comment? They said, we have like no comment. They didn't even say we're being persecuted for our faith, which mm-hmm. if they're not saying that, you know shit's Ooh, bad. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, yeah, Benny Hinn, by the way, this is a little factoid. In 1999, he said he was going to build a $30 million healing center sure, in Irving, what, Texas. Again, that's what gun wanted. Center was never built. You don't say. Maybe that's what this is about. Who knows? He said he refunded all the money that was donated. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's... Mm. I'm good. Okay, I'm my last thing. All right. So um, a buddy of mine, Simon, posted this on Facebook yesterday. Okay. From the Field Museum, Chicago's Field Museum. Mm-hmm. You've heard of it? I've heard of it. It's a museum Okay. in Chicago uh-huh. about fields. I think I'm getting that right. Yes. There's a <coughs> museum in Kentucky, too. <laughs> that should be one of our push goals. Is oh God, no. Come on, we can have a road trip. We can podcast <sighs> while we road trip. I've been there twice. I'm not going back to the Creation Museum. I've never been. All right, I'll take you. Yes. Okay. So um, there is an exhibit presently about the object. Uh, <laughs> the Egyptians uh-huh. is what a person might say if they couldn't say Egyptians. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, there is a plaque that my friend took a picture of, and he, like, this is a picture he took. I verified Kay. it with him. Uh, the headline is the worship of gods in animal form may seem strange to us, period. I have some thoughts about that being a headline. Okay. Notwithstanding. On the plaque. On the plaque. Yeah. Many early Egyptologists were appalled to find that the Egyptians worshipped gods in animal forms and called the religion, quote, primitive. 
But the Egyptians' way of seeing aspects of God in the world around them warrants a second look. Some modern scholars suggest the concept of many gods who equal one god is similar to the concept of the Christian trinity, a mysterious but deliberate way in which the deity reveals itself to humans. That's some shade on Christians. Do you think? Oh, I thought it was the opposite, that it was like trying to... It's uh, like, hey, they thought of this well before you did. <laughs> like you're oh taking... my God, Hammett, you have the exact opposite response that response I did. My response that? was that it's trying to be like, well, Christianity is normal, and sure, these objections do some shit that's kind of weird, but don't you see how it lines up? Huh. Huh. I huh. didn't see this coming. This is not how I foresaw this conversation going. <laughs> no, it sounds so like... So you think it's throwing shade on Christians and being like, I don't yeah, know if it's all even of your shade, shit is dog shit? But it's saying that, yeah, you might think it's weird what they did, but it, it's pretty similar to the way people practice religion now. Oh, see, wink, I feel wink, like it's a, very, it's a very Christian-centric, like, I am a Christian writing this and talking to other Christians and being yeah. like, sure, these guys seem weird, but, like, look how they're kind of similar to us anyway. Hmm. Huh. Huh. <laughs> guys, write in and let me know whose reading is correct because I was so <laughs> confident coming here that we're going to talk about the fact that, like, the Field Museum is randomly, like, Christian as fuck. And that's not what happened. For what it's worth, the Field Museum has put out a lot of stuff pro-science whenever controversies have arose, arisen, whatever. Arisen. They, I would be shocked if uh, they were trying to be deferential to Christians in some way. Really? When And, and I don't think they're being purposely uh, dickish to Christians <laughs> either. I think they're just saying, like, look, I know parallels. you. I know strangers who don't know about this stuff may think this is strange, but it's not as strange as it thinks because a lot mm. of people think the same way today. I think that's what they were getting at. I meant, you know, when I hate when you challenge my beliefs, you I know, know I don't do a lot Sorry. of that. You should go to Cedarville. <laughs> um, all right, that's all I had. I'm not going to do research again because all of mine felt like kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I know they're very sad, and it really <laughs> bummed me out. And I have to go to work again tomorrow. Oh, I'm getting a puppy this weekend. Congrats. I'm very excited. Um, so let's do our wrap-up thing. Uh, we have a wrap-up thing. Go home. Um, <laughs> hey, we're done. <laughs> okay, uh, go to... Go to FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. Yep, FriendlyAtheist.com. Again, Patreon.com slash Humanity if you like what we're doing. Yeah, she does... We uh, may have an update on that next week. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, um, shout out... Uh, talk to us on Twitter. I really enjoy hearing from you. I've... We've Thank you for some the really yeah. lovely emails this week. Yeah, like, and tweets. Thank you so much. Yeah, I can't tell. I know this sounds really disingenuous, but like, it's I, not. Trust I me. like <laughs> am just working a nine to five grind, and when I'm feeling really low, all of a sudden I'll get a tweet, and somebody's like, oh, "I really like your podcast." I'm like, "Why?" But thank you. Um, so it means I, I I cannot I cannot tell you guys how much that that all means to me. So I'm at uh, Blueberry B L U E B U R I E. I mean, it's his own fucking name because yep. he's an adult. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, my Etsy shop is um, Bitches Get Stitched Done. Um, again, I've had a couple custom orders from you guys, and that's always neato. Uh, guys, thank you for, for listening. This is, with absolute sincerity, one of my favorite things. I'm probably not going to have Hammond cut out my weird rant that I went on earlier. I was going to ask. Yeah, um, and maybe I'll live to regret that. I don't know. <laughs> I hope my dad doesn't listen to this episode. But um, you guys are a great audience and thoughtful and... and um, we like your feedback. Yeah, it's 
almost always really kind. And thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.